Cat's dating coach for smart, strong, successful women and your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about men, men, dating, sex, and relationships from a man's point of view. Today, we have a very special guest. It's a very old friend of mine. Um, and I've got her bio here, but I always start these things with, with uh, the true story before we get to the bio. Um, her name is Andrea Sertash. Uh, she is a dating and relationship expert. Uh, author of multiple books. I'm going to guess like four or five, but she's done, she's done a lot and I'll let her correct me. Um, I met Andrea when I was working at JDate in 2004 or five, something like that. I was uh, the, the creator and editor of JMag. It was, the, it was their online magazine. And I went to JDate and I said, hey, we got to compete with Match.com. Uh, they have Happen Magazine. We're going to do a JMag. And uh, they gave me uh, no budget whatsoever to work with. <laughs> and so I had to beg uh, smart professional writers to write stuff free un you know, under the idea that they were going to get exposure. Uh, uh, JMAG still exists. Uh, I still exist. And Andrea still exists. And we've all had a very interesting path in the 13 years hence. And uh, I'm just delighted to uh, have her on today's show. She is a relationship expert uh, and trained coach. She's passionate about helping people live and live and love more authentically. She's a frequent on-air personality, regularly weighing in on TV shows like Good Morning America and the Today Show, and as an on-air host for networks including OWN, TLC, NBC, and also the New York Post. Her newest venture, Pregnant Dish, helps people navigate the personal and practical parts of fertility treatments and infertility. Her goal is to help the millions of singles, couples, and LGBT feel less isolated and more supported as they build their families. Uh, on a personal note, uh, Andrea is a lovely person who is happily married, uh, wrote a couple books that I recommend the most, uh, the, the one that I recommended most recently, uh, either in Love You or on my blog was, he's just not that your type, he's just not your type. Um, uh, and she said a whole bunch of things that I wish I thought of myself. So without further ado, here is my friend, Andrea Sirtash. Hello, Andrea. Hi. It's good to see you again. Well, again, last time I saw you, we were at dinner in like Beverly Hills, and you invited a few people out, and uh, I was very flattered to be included in that group, and hopefully we'll have an opportunity to get together uh, in New York in yes, a month. for sure. Um, but from your perspective, like, did, did, did I give an accurate representation of how we met? Totally. I mean, what's great about our story as friends is that it, it started online talking about online dating. How perfect is that? And your book had just come out around that time. I think it was around 2003 okay. or four, maybe probably 2004, because I was one of the journalists working at the time. I was kind of fresh out of school and my first paid assignment was to work on a book called mm -hmm. How to Survive Dating. And I was one of many journalists um, interviewing, crisscrossing the country, interviewing singles. And I don't know if that's how we found each other. But then you were the editor at J Mag Magazine. And you, and I did want the exposure at the time. Now, when someone's in those, in those days, beginning my career newly, you know, out of school, that was a great opportunity. I, I get it. Uh, <laughs> and I, I take no no credit whatsoever for your success. Um, um, I, I'm 
torn between doing a conventional interview, um, promoting the, the exciting new things you're involved in, and wanting to ask personal questions, because I, uh, every time I interview an, an expert, they're an expert for many reasons. So how, how did you become you? How did you become interested in this subject? And you know, the, the intertwining of how you met your husband and your philosophies, yeah. right? Because I think it's a lot of reverse engineering. Yeah oh, this worked for me, this might work for you. What's the two minute version of how you became you? Okay, good good question. So basically, uh, when I worked on how to survive dating, I think again, around 2004, uh, I was, the publisher put me on the radio because I was one of the more extroverted writers working on this series. You know, writers, yep. not always, not always like yes. us talking. And um, observing, but not always talking. And, and the radio announcer said, we're so lucky to be joined today by a dating expert. And I sat there silently thinking, that's so cool that there's a dating expert here. <laughs> I, I know that story. That's funny. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's a true where story. And then I, you know, I'm like, where, who is this person? And then a moment later, I realized it's me and I'm live on the radio and I'm suddenly thrust into this world where I'm answering people's love, dating, sex, relationship questions in real time, live on air. So, you know, that was my first media hit, kind of trial by fire, but it wasn't, it was very organic from the get-go because I've always, and I'm sure you've been the same, I've always been a bit of a love advisor uh, with friends and family and actually working on the book, How to Survive Dating was a great uh, research piece mm -hmm. because interviewing hundreds of people about this, you start to hear the same five or 10 themes. So from there, um, I moved to New York soon after that. I got cast to host a, a show called On Dating for NBC Digital Studios. Um, and then Yahoo asked me to write a column about dating. I got a book deal after that. Everything kind of snowballed, but very organically. And I've always been passionate about helping people live in love authentically. Now, in 2005, when I was doing all these media hits, I thought, I need a little more training, maybe. So I, I knew, I always say I'm credible, not clinical. I wasn't going back That's to school. a good school. line. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true for people like us who do our research, but I'm not pretending to be a, a psychologist, a, a psychiatrist. Sure. And I, I often, in my work, link to clinical voices, but I'm not that. So, uh, but I went through a year of life coach training to work as a relationship coach with singles and couples. And that was through the coach just training institute and I used to think coaching was a bit of a flaky and in many cases it can be a very flaky oh, yeah. thing but in this case the program I did gave me incredible tools and structure and I worked at it for a year very hard like it wasn't I didn't just wake up one day and say I'm going to just tell people what to do so that but but let's be clear you can, you can just create a blog call yourself a dating expert right. and voila well we were kind of the, the weirdly enough veterans in this because this is in the days before youtube in the days before you would think we're, we're ancient but like it what in the early 2000s this yeah. was kind of new right so that's where we also share a lot in common seeing all the new voices coming up which is really exciting but also sometimes they're referencing our old <laughs> articles and books and not much you can do about that I just had a, a recall we, we, we wrote yeah. that uh, it's just lunch column together yes I forgot yeah. about that right yeah so that he said she said we did that that was probably in 08 or 09 
I don't know. I could, yeah, I pick. I could picture where I was living, and I, I was <laughs> I was with my wife, but we we hadn't had kids, and we hadn't moved okay. up here. So that's a good way to do it. Yeah. So we've it's been fun to do stuff with you, and and I I just like this world as you know becomes very small, but all I've done in in the years since '04 since we met is in, I've interviewed at this point as I'm sure you have. I've coached and interviewed so many hundreds and thousands, literally thousands of people because I hosted a show called Life Story Projects in Canada three years ago for the Oprah Network. Um, and that summer, I was tasked with interviewing hundreds of people about love and life. So at this point, there's really nothing I haven't heard be before. When someone says, I have a question, you've never heard it. I'm like, no. And Evan, you're probably saying like, I've heard a version of it. <laughs> it will be hard to catch someone by surprise. I mean, it's like going yeah. to the doctor and yeah. And uh, their doctor says, I've never seen this before. <laughs> You'd be really alarmed. Right. Um, most things that feel very unique and personal are somewhat universal. Yeah, exactly. Which is also comforting for people who are freaking out that they're, they're going through something awful. It's a lot of people are going through crazy stuff in love and you're not alone. So. And, so, and so right now, your, yeah. um, your focus is on on the new website and the TV show. We'll get, we'll circle yeah. back to it, but that's, that's yeah. the main focus. Yes. Well, so, you know, it's almost Valentine's day. I'm doing, I'm continuing to do what I, what I always do, which is um, weigh in on re with relationship advice in various media. Um, and that's fun. And I won't stop doing that. So pregnant ish. And I actually have the card with the logo, so I can maybe hold that up so you could see it. Can you see cool. that? Perfect. Uh, okay. So pregnant ish. I created this. I only launched us. Eight days ago, soft launch, and our and our real launch is during National Infertility Week in April. Why I created this to me, it's an extension of my relationship advice. When I've told people, and I'll tell you more about pregnancy in a moment, but when I've told people about pregnancy, they've said, "Oh, you've you've left the love thing, you've left the relationship thing." And what I'm trying to tell people is, no, I'm reframing the story of fertility so we realize it is a relationship thing. Yeah. It's a relationship trend, and we have to stop talking about it just as a medical. Uh, medical clinical issue. I so. like that. I like that. Um, uh, I didn't even tell you in advance, but this is yeah. a four segment show. We're going to take yeah. a break right now. We'll be back right after this. This is Evan Mark Katz. This is Andrea Sirtash, and you're watching the Love You podcast. And this is Evan Mark Katz, welcoming you back to the Love You podcast with my very special guest, Andrea Sirtash. And we're talking about her new project website program everything it's called pregnant ish and i know this stems from a very very personal place to help women who are having fertility issues uh andrea how did you oh god i almost fell into saying conceive of this how did you come <laughs> up with this uh idea and um you know to tell tell everybody here uh what it's all about sure and evan trust me the, the puns with it's a labor of love i could go on and on yeah no i i, I didn't endless. i didn't even <laughs> endless um yeah so pregnantish how did i conceive of it how did i so while i've been you know i did an intro video on the site pregnantish.com called i faked it on national television because for many years uh, almost six years now well i've been on good morning america today's show all these networks um, sharing love advice, very authentically sharing it. I've been running back and forth in the green room, do, do, you know, with fertility shots in my purse, running back and forth to the doctor. I've shown up on set after I miscarried, which was really hard to keep the makeup on, I will tell you. 
Um, I've gone through a lot. I have a medical issue, um, which uh, I would have had if I started this at 20 or years later, because it's really a, a hormonal issue I have. Mm-hmm. So for years, uh, doctors, I've seen eight doctors have tried to kind of crack the code and help me uh, and my husband start a family. Um, and we're getting closer and closer, which we don't have to go into all the details of that. But the, the bottom line is, as I've been the patient um, going through this, and as I've been in the media at the same time, I've realized that this is a hugely growing trend that's underserved. And what the trend is, is that millions and millions of singles, heterosexual couples and LGBT singles and couples are going through fertility treatments and or infertility because they're different. Some people who are infertile aren't going through fertility treatments and some people going through fertility treatments aren't infertile. Like a single woman freezing her eggs isn't necessarily infertile or a gay couple looking for a donor, not infertile. So but the, this community is, is really underserved. And I know because I've been the user who has desperately looked for uh, support advice community uh, on the personal and practical parts, how to navigate it. Right now, Mayo Clinic, a lot of Resolve is a great um, fertility site, a lot of great sites, but they're more advocacy oriented and they're more clinical. And I thought, you know, millions of us need practical advice like, how do you tell your date you've frozen your eggs? How do you, do you tell your boss that you're late for work because you're going through IVF? How the heck do you pick a sperm or an egg donor if you're a gay couple and you need that? Kind of important, arguably one of the most important decisions of your life because you're trying And to you're going to leave it to Google. You're going to leave it to, yeah, you're going to leave it to a message board in the middle of the country where people are weighing in who may not have a expert voice that you crave. Sure. Or you're leaving it to doctors who have an important voice, but not, not helping you with the lifestyle piece of it. They're helping you with the, the medical side. So we're filling a gap here in the marketplace with Pregnantish. Um, we're the first online magazine slash site um, to address the non-medical side, the lifestyle side. Nobody really wants this lifestyle, but at the end of the day, it's a lifestyle. You're, you're at the doctor when you're going through fertility treatments it, a lot. And uh, you're doing shots. I mean, I've probably done 600 shots over um, over five years. Uh, my no one would know. I, I said in my post, Evan, that you probably saw. Don't judge a Facebook by its cover, because um, you know I've been camera ready and I've been poised on television and I've been bruised all over my body. So I, I want to kind of break down the shame, the taboo. My goal with Pregnantish is to tell people they're not alone. And that there's a home for us. We don't need to feel like we're outcasts because we have a medical thing we're navigating. I, uh, I'm so glad you, you shared all that with me and for everybody else who's, who's listening. And I, again, I, I vaguely knew, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, and actually, there's, there's, to me, it's an interesting idea from someone who's on the other side of it. How do you talk to someone who's going through like, you know, how much do you press? Because when I, when I, I'll, I'll write to you on Facebook, I'll be like, you know, how's the family stuff coming? Yeah, yeah. I know it's a sensitive issue. I want to know how you're doing, but is it, is, is there an appropriate way to do that? So well, that's how, how, how I'm looking at it is that's what I need to learn is I'm, I've got a bunch of friends who've gone through IVF and it is their, their own private uphill journey that they have miscarriages that we never hear about and you know uh you know uh, 
egg implants that don't take and, and you don't hear about it until way after the fact. And That's as a right. friend, you want to support, but, yeah. but we don't know what to do either. Yeah, well, well, to your point, so the newest article right now on pregnantish.com is uh, how friends and family can best support people going through fertility issues. Ask and you uh, shall receive. Yes. So we have that live on the site. And um, also we did an, a, a segment. We filmed a video series, a great one at NBC Studios. And I had um, Thomas Farley, who's the Today Show etiquette expert, answer the question of TMI. How much is too much information? Again, the internet is wonderful. These questions have not been answered by the sites I've visited. How much is TMI when you're going through this? So you don't want to feel like it's taboo and you can't talk, but you don't want to overshare. Uh, it really varies. The bottom line is like with any personal challenge, it varies per person. But what I can say is, and you set the tone as the patient, like as the person going through it, you don't have to share anything you're not comfortable sharing. If someone wants to support you like you, Evan, with your friends or loved ones, a simple thing to say, I'm thinking of you, how are you doing? You, you can keep it as general as, as you want and then let the person become more specific who's answering. It's good, yeah. No, I, I did that with a friend because uh, it is, it's uh, a friend who lost his mother. And most people, if you've lost a parent, I've lost a parent. Um, if you lose a parent, it, it, people don't know how to deal with death. It's a very similar thing. And so people will, you know, uh, off wish a condolence call, come to the funeral, such and, and or whatever it is. And then it's over. It's like pretend it never happened. I know having gone through it, that people want to be acknowledged, right? So I've got a buddy who lost his mom a couple months ago and I'm texting him every couple weeks just saying, how you feeling, right? And that's it, I don't, I don't, I don't give more, I let him come to me. Yeah. And it feels like there's a great overlap in this, this sort of awkwardness and silent mourning. That's right. Any, anything that has to do with grief or anything that's uncomfortable, but where it's very similar to the situation you're mentioning um people mean well and often say the wrong things because they don't know what to say they sometimes put their foot in their mouth sure and everybody feels awkward i think the best we have a poster which i i will share on pregnantish soon on our facebook page which is sometimes the best thing to say to someone struggling through infertility is dot 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 to listen so it's like sometimes it's not even what you say it's just I'm here for you is the simplest thing you can say to someone struggling what do you need is another great question and mm -hmm. it's the same you know uh, uh, people going through this also don't know how to answer awkward questions that come to them like are you going to have kids? What an inappropriate question when you're, when you're struggling through fertility issues well, but that, that's uh, but actually well, a good that's a really good point Right, because there's, there's, I was just talking about on a previous podcast, right? There's the intention and there's the byproduct. There's a very innocent question to say to a woman in her late 30s, you know, are, are you guys going to try to have a family? Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's an awkward question. It's a bad question, but it's a very innocent one. It is. Um, my, my rule generally is not, not to actually ask that unless you're extremely close with the person because. It's, it's, it's really a very personal thing that can be multi-layered and it's not in the woman's control all the time or the man's control. Of course. So it, it becomes, you know, a more general question is um, not, are you going to have a family just like, 
you, you can, with people you hang out with, if you're talking about kids and you're talking about, you know, what, what this reminds me is of so many singles I've interviewed over the years have said, I hate the question, why are you still single? It really makes me uncomfortable. And so you, you and I have a different take on that, which is, which again is, you know, it's not, it's, 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 I think they're, they're parallel. They're not necessarily yeah. opposing. Yeah. For someone who gets upset at uh, why are you still single, right? She's seeing it as, you know, what's wrong with you, right? He's seeing, if he's asking you that, he's like, you're such a great catch. I can't believe I found you, right? Yeah. It, it, the, the, inten the intention is completely different. And so I tell the person who receives those questions, because I don't think we're going to be able to educate everybody out there. Right. I tell the people who receive the question, right, not to get upset that it is an innocent question. You may think it's a bad question or it's attack. I would say the sensitive, but if the site is for uh, people who are struggling with it, I think it would help to understand that pe most people are going to get it wrong. Like well, absolutely. Be, yeah. but, but I should be clear. I wasn't talking about in a dating scenario. In a dating okay. scenario, it's perfectly okay to say, are you interested in starting a family? Why do you think you're still single? In a dating scenario, very different. I'm okay. talking about your aunt's friend who doesn't know you, who mm -hmm. says, you're an adorable couple. Why don't you have kids yet? That, that's what I'm talking about. Out. those people sure that is when it's actually crossing a line but people still mean well and to your point their intentions are still good and, and I don't know how we're gonna reach them like unless they're well, reading this site and your your mother's cousin who's well, 66 well, is, has no reason to be reading this site I, I well I give I give the user four ways to answer that so that yeah. you're not feeling defensive and you're not feeling you know floored and so upset because you just didn't want to go there. I, I agree. And I think that that to me is, is, is something we could certainly agree on. Mm -hmm. it, it is so much easier and more effective to say, how am I going to react to this situation that's going to come up that's than right. eradicate the situation from happening? Because it's, go, it's right. going, it's going to happen inevitably. Happen. So what, what, are, what are the best coping tools given people's cluelessness or insensitivity? Absolutely. And that's a pregnant-ish, the kind of answers we're delivering to the audience um, because we, we want them to feel more armed with uh, everything literally from sound bites because it's so emotional they might go too far into it when they yeah. don't even want to talk about it um, I say the same thing with why you still single if you don't want to answer that at Thanksgiving or whatever I, I you know I used to say when I was single thanks for your concern getting married is not my issue staying married is my goal so, but thank you, like making light of it. I, I, that, I, I agree. I call it the politician answer. The, <laughs> yeah. the acknowledgement without actually answering it. That's absolutely right. So, uh, but pregnant is, it, it, it is a very interesting thing to work on while I'm going through my own pregnant journey. By the way, I do believe you can be a little, little bit pregnant because I've been a little bit pregnant when you go through fertility treatments, you can't drink, you can't work out, you can't, you are a little bit pregnant pregnant when they put an embryo in you uh, that that may be growing I you know it's it's a very bizarre thing to be a little bit pregnant we've and we've been we've been a little bit pregnant uh, a few times we were we were <clears throat> you probably don't know that about us um, but no. we uh, we got married at 39 um, got pregnant had a miscarriage at 10 weeks uh, about four months into our marriage mm. um, had two chemical pregnancies, which I didn't know until the, you know, I learned about it. It's when this, the stick says you're pregnant, but nothing actually happens. 
um, had another miscarriage at six weeks, um, and then had a fibroid surgery, uh, upon, upon which we finally got, so we, we got pregnant a total of six times and ended up with two kids. Yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting, Evan, is so many people have a fertility story, because I never knew that about you and your wife, but it's not uncommon. Um, I was just interviewing someone the other day who said, I have no connection to this. On our way out, he told me that his gay brother was the sperm donor for a lesbian couple they're good friends with us, and he was showing me pictures of his nephew, his nephew. Well, he said, it's my nephew biologically. I said, you totally have a fertility story. What do you mean you don't have? So yeah, most of us have been touched by it. If, if you're between the age of 28 to 40 or 45 even, yeah. chances are either you or someone you know has a connection to this, whether you know it or not. So that yeah. is a good place to take a break. But I, yeah. uh, I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with this subject because it does touch so many people and there isn't a great outlet to talk about it. And uh, I, I'm, I'm positive that that this is going to serve um, a, a huge purpose in, in, in the world. Um, my name is Evan Marquette. This is Andrea Sirtash. We're going to be right back on the Love You podcast to continue this conversation and see what wisdom you could drop upon us, my dear Andrea. What? Hey, this is Evan Marquette back with the Love You podcast. And my very special guest, Andrea Sirtash. Uh, we were talking about her um, new online magazine, Pregnantish. Uh, we're going to put a pin in that for a second, and we're going to circle back to it at the end because she has so much wisdom about relationships and what makes relationships work. Um, uh, she, like like me, uh, married someone who wasn't her type, the way she always uh, looked for it, and they too are in an unusually happy marriage. Um, you could tell when someone's in a happy marriage. Um, you could tell when they're walking the walk. And Andrea's one of the people who does walk the walk. So um, how, how did you develop your philosophy about what works in dating and relationships? How much was it your personal story versus the research you did? Did the research validate what you were seeing in your real life? Yeah. Uh, so how, how I merged the two where I was walking the walk, as you do as well, I, um, I actually didn't used to walk the walk. So ironically, I was... No, we're all, we're all hypocrites until we're not. <laughs> I was teaching workshops on this. I, I call it a love label. When someone has a perspective about themselves in dating and love, and then they collect evidence to support it, because that's okay. what happens with perspectives. So my love label was commitment phobe. I'm never getting married. I'm a... Men I dated would say you're a runaway bride, you're, you're too free spirited, you're gonna break every guy's heart because I would, like the minute it got a little old, I was out. Huh. <laughs> so, and, I, and part of that was a product of my age because I was in my 20s, early 20s at the time or whatever. But then another part of it was that at the time, I, I was actually not making always the right choices. So I never really, I thought it was bad luck, not bad choices, common dating mistake. Um, but my, 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 I proved my love label over and over again. I thought, you know what? I'm just that kind of girl. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have kids. I'm just kind of commitment phobic. And then, um, but it didn't feel good either because I actually, I have deep friendships and I'm passionate in life. And it didn't make sense that I couldn't have a deep relationship with vulnerability and intimacy. So there's a disconnect. So I started... After I left a wonderful guy who's still one of my close friends in California who I lived with, who I adore, 
but we weren't romantically the right match. I left that relationship and I went deep into therapy and I started looking at my patterns and that sparked the work I, I started to write about after that. That it's not just, we all have to look at our dating and love and relationship patterns to, to understand that if we want new results, we have to do and date differently. I mean, it's really as simple as that. So he's just not your type and that's a good thing came from me breaking my pattern as a commitment foe. Me saying, okay, I'm going to show up a little differently. I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to embrace vulnerability. I'm going to embrace, I'm not going to be 10 steps ahead. I'm just going to be present and see what unfolds. And, and I asked myself a really simple question um, in this relationship with my current husband. It was like, my relationship litmus test, do I feel better or worse when I hang out with you? <laughs> That's it, kind it, of simple. You, uh, it's, I always find it amazing when I do these interviews to see someone I haven't talked to in a long time echo almost verbatim the exact same thing that I say. It's all roads sort of lead to that. Yes. Um, right? It's, it's not who he is on paper. No. How do I feel about him in this relationship? How does he make me feel? Well, that's 100% the premise <clears throat> of he's just not your type. And that's a good thing. So I sold the book in 2008. It came out in 2010. Um, but that's how I sold it. I said, it's not about who he is. It's who you are with him. So Evan, I'm not surprised. We're always on the same page with, with these made like the universal philosophy. Sometimes yeah. the way we go about it is different, but our core um, messages are similar. And the, and the, and the idea was that you don't marry a piece of paper. So you need to like, don't, don't get so hooked on the superficial checklist. And if you're going to make a checklist, not that checklists are bad, but make sure the list reflects your values. Yes. So instead so of how, saying, how, did, how did your husband show up differently than you thought he was going to show up, right? Compared well, to what, what he was supposed to be versus what he is. So previous to Michael, I was dating guys who were perfect on paper, but looked like JFK Jr., perfect job, CEOs, more conservative. I was a little more like the arty writer, bohemian, free spirit. And they were, um, they were just a little, they, they were all great guys. So I can't say they mistreated me, but they were a little more conservative maybe than I am. Um, and then Michael is this kind of bohemian teacher, improv comedian, drummer guy who doesn't own a pair of shoes without laces uh was like he wasn't marriage material in my head because i thought he was the fun guy in the neighborhood i thought he was the funniest person i had ever met he always made me laugh but he wasn't like husband material and then one day and i was dating the perfect guy uh when i realized he's you know that oh this might be the one i want to be with uh but my friend raquel asked me a very powerful question which i mentioned in the book he's just not your type and that's a good thing she said, well, you, you keep talking about your friend, Michael. And when you, and you know this, when someone keeps talking about someone, like- what's It's the reason it's coming up, yeah. yeah. So she said, you keep talking about Michael, so do you have feelings for him? I said, he's not my type, no, which is actually a ridiculous answer. And then she said, well, let me ask you something. Who would you rather be in a foxhole with? Uh, the guy you're with now, the perfect guy, or this funny friend of yours? If, and I said, well, the guy I'm with now would get us out of the foxhole, because he's really like, you know, he can hook us up. And she said, no, that's not the question. You're in the foxhole. Who do you want to like build your foxhole with? Because life is full of foxholes and moments where you can't get out of it. 
And I was like, well, Michael would make it fun and I'd laugh a lot. And, my, and literally, Evan, like, as I was saying this, I crystallized. And that's when I thought, oh, weird. That's weird. And I actually took my own advice, which was to make out with the person I didn't know if I was into. <laughs> so I was like, I broke up with the guy. And I thought, I should kiss my friend. This is really weird, but I need to see if we have sparks. And we did. And then it was like all over after that. And your, and your story is, is my entire coaching philosophy. And it is so very common. It, yeah. it's, it's, I can't tell you how many people arrive at the same conclusion, usually by accident. And what I think you're doing, what I'm trying to do is shorten their learning curve, right? Yeah. You don't have to go on 300 dates to arrive here. You can circumvent all that by, by, you know, and you're not, and the other part is you hear this all the time. People think, Oh, so you're saying I need to settle. I need to give up on attraction, right? That's, we talk about compromise and the first thing they go to is settle. I, I, I dated a guy I wasn't attracted to before. That was a disaster and no one's saying that, but it's what, it's what people hear. I, well, for, for that reason, I dedicated the book to women who should never settle when they settle down because I wanted to reframe how we think of settling. You're actually settling when you date a guy who doesn't value you. I know yes. you agree with that, Evan. That's when you're settling. You're not settling when it doesn't matter if someone doesn't match your paper checklist. If you're having the best time, you're physically drawn to him and, and you're a good version <laughs> of yourself. What's settling about that? I mean... So we really have to redefine settling. Uh, your lips to God's ears, man. I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, com you compromise your way into happiness. You settle your way into misery. And um, no one who gives relationship advice would ever want anybody to be miserable. No, right? absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> so uh, is, is he's just not that into you? No. He's just not your type. He, he's yeah. just not your type. And that's a good thing. Is that the best example of your dating and relationship philosophy? It is. I mean, I've written other books. I'm proud of my other books. I wrote a book called Cheat on Your Husband with Your Husband, which is for those in the long-term partnership who want to spice it up. Mm -hmm. I wrote a book um, most recently, co-wrote a book called It's Okay to Sleep with Him on the First Date and Every Other Rule of Dating Debunked. The only reason I did that is not to promote prom promiscuity. It's uh, on the cover. It says, don't trust the rules, trust yourself. It, I was, we were making a point in a very provocative way sure. that a lot of rules are keeping you in here and not in here. And the only rule should be that you're respected and that you're uh, expressed. Um, but rules like Patty Stanger's rules about men don't like red hair and blah, blah, blah. I was so sick of the noise sure. of the dating advice industry. Not you, but right. I can take it if you're sick of me. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of poor advice that's being preached. And, sure. um, and I just wanted, you know, but he's just not your type. And that's a good thing is the most vulnerable book I've written. Now Pregnantish is the most vulnerable yeah. site I've worked on. Um, and it really stemmed from my own experience. So I know I speak of what I know. And I, um, I know how good the last line of the book tells you what the book is. The last line is date someone you would want to be with if nobody else was looking. Because that's life. Most people are not. Most people don't care enough about you. When people say, I, what will he think? What will she think? What? People are so self-involved, they're really not thinking about you. So you better, at two in the morning when you're next to someone, really not just love the person, deeply like the person yes. you're next to. Yes. Um, you did a TED Talk this year. 
Uh, I posted it on my blog, um, how to make love outside the bedroom. Um, and I remember again, it was, it was a short one. It wasn't even one of the 18 minute ones. It was a short one. And I just remember furiously taking notes. You're, you're eminently quotable. What's, <laughs> what's your favorite part of, cause again, people go to my blog and search Andrea Sertash and it'll take him to the Ted talk. But, um, what was, what was the impetus for that? And what was your, uh, sort of biggest, what should people take away from that if they're not going to go to YouTube right now? Yes, and sorry, I'm just a ch so you guys could see me okay. So um, the biggest takeaway is that, well, that was actually a business talk. And of course, again, I had a bit of a provocative title, which I, I do because that we're in media and that I get it. we do that. Um, but it, it's basically that it's a myth that business isn't personal because you're a person. So like any relationship will be personal. And that a lot of the relationship advice I've given in romantic love apply to any relationship, whether we're talking about a friendship, a family relationship, I've written a book about in-laws, or, or a business relationship, which is that, um, you know, so certain philosophies, like people want to be challenged, not changed, apply to any relationship you're with, in. So people want to be challenged, not changed in, in a business scenario. Think about that. You're, you're more likely to motivate your team if you say to someone on your team, I recognize, I see you, I value you, I value what you've done, uh, but I'm going to challenge you to do it even better. They're going to receive that more than you did it wrong, do it my way. I'm changing you. Sure. <laughs> like, so, um, but the same is true in, in love. <clears throat> so people, people actually, intimacy in love works really well as it does in business when someone challenges you when someone says you're bigger than that you're better than that why aren't you you know if they push you in a supportive way it feels great one of the big takeaways of the talk I think is my my ism you can't have intimacy in business and in love that doesn't mean you have to be a slobbering mess who's like doesn't have your act together, that doesn't work. But there's a way to um, let people in and just be authentically you that's really sexy and that really engages people. So that the talk was really just about authenticity at the end of the day and the relationship um, uh, advice that's so simple and so hard to practice is that if you remember that it's a basic human need for people people to be seen, heard, and valued, your relationships will and, go better. And that echoes uh, something that I say, which is uh, women need to feel safe, heard, and understood. Right? It's a major, major point. And again, arriving in the exact same place is treating people not like obstacles who are in, in, in your way, but as human beings. Um, <clears throat> any stranger that you're on a date with is a human being. You might not be attracted to him. You might not want to see him again, but he's a human being who's here to find love probably just like you so how are we gonna make the best of the situation instead of make the worst of the situation and really just you know, giving everybody their humanity as you said yes I, I think um, we especially when we're uncomfortable and vulnerable sometimes that comes off as uh, we can come off as aloof or uh, unkind or judgmental and um, kindness is a hugely underrated attractive quality I know you you agree with that? So it's a myth that nice guys finish last. Uh, nice guys finish last if they have no personality other than being nice. 
But if they're kind and have character and have personality, they're going to do pretty well. Same and, there, and there are a lot of nice, marriageable men out there. Um, yeah. uh, you don't, and, and you only need one, right? We could, right. We could make broad stereotypes. I'll tell women, fine, let's say 90% of guys are undateable. Why, how about you get one of the 10%? And that's, that's an achievable goal without having to lower your standards. That's right. You, you know pretty fast if you're not, I always tell people there are two questions on a first date you should be asking. Am I having fun now? And I'm curious to learn more. And if the answer is no to both, move on. <laughs> like, if, if you're just like, I'm bored, I'm turned off, I'm not curious, nobody's, you don't have to ever see that person after that hour. And it's, you're flexing your dating muscle, learning more about your needs, and that's a good thing. But you'll, you'll know, you'll know if you're curious and the person doesn't in the box of what you imagined, keep going. Like, I, uh, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to get back to pregnant-ish. My name is Evan Marquez. This is Andrew Sirtash, and this is the Love You Podcast. And we're going to come back for our fourth quarter and uh, learn more about how we could get some pregnant-ish in our life. One. Hey, this is Evan Mark Katz, back with the final segment of this Love You podcast with my friend Andrea Surtash, the author of many books that I can't list here, and her new website, Pregnant Dish, which is a magazine that helps people navigate the personal and practical parts of fertility treatments and infertility. Um, uh, and we were just talking on the break uh, about what's changed since we both started giving relationship advice. I started in 2003, um, and I just thought your answer was funny. <laughs> well, you know, what, what's changed is the sheer volume of experts. Um, I never called myself an expert. The radio announcer called me an expert. And, you know, I think like Malcolm Gladwell, if you've done, uh, says, if you've done something consistently for many, many hours, he says 10,000 hours, you and I have done this for 12, 13 years, then yeah, you have a little bit more expertise because you're in the fields covering this nonstop. But whenever there's a kind of new person on the scene who's an expert, I'm not, and sometimes they're fabulous. So it's not always, a, not, I'm not knocking them down. It's just funny if they're, you know, 21 and I, um, like. <laughs> I, no, I, I get it. And I, I've, I've, I've thought plenty about it because I know I'm a, you know, I started when I was a 31 year old guy who'd never had a relationship for more than six months when I did this. And CNN grilled me about who are you to give advice to anybody. Um, and I've witnessed, like I'm a grandfather in this business yeah. and I've witnessed all the people uh, who, who come in who've either taken someone else's course or read someone else's books or just have an opinion. And I have this twinge of resentment, like, who are you? And at the same time, I'm like, I did the same thing. That's like, right. Who, 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 who am I to, to say? If you're helping people, uh, you're, 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 you're giving value, people are willing to pay you for it, um, you know, God bless you. But right. yes, there's, there's, there's a glut of people who are like, I have an opinion, um, I have a computer, and so <laughs> might, as, might as well. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I uh, it's weird. I do get. I I, I do uh, admit to having my bias towards people who've been doing it for longer, um, and, and I I probably should get over it because I know there was one point when I was the new guy, uh, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some exactly. It's both. There's some really fabulous people who've come up on the scene, uh, who have even 
sometimes more clinical experience than I have, and that's great. Um, but my, my fear sometimes is some of the advice is really fear-based and negative, yes. role-based, and that's when it's counterproductive. So I What's always, a good example? Because you're going to pull from your other book now, but what's a good example of, uh, of fear-based advice? Because I completely agree about uh, being, being present, being authentic, not trying to figure out your future, not trying to grill him with questions about whether he's worthy of being your husband right there on the first date. Um, yeah. So what, what, what's a good example of something that is commonplace wisdom that is not really that wise? Well, okay, so I'm not trying to knock the millionaire matchmaker because trust me, her you show can. is his, her show is really entertaining, but but a lot of the advice is not actually empowering for the woman. So um, what's happened is she's had a lot of posers, like a lot of people have emulated Patty Stanger because her show did well and they watched it and they regurgitate what she says. And what she says is actually not, it may, what makes good TV does not always make What's a good relationship. What's a good relationship. example of that? Because I've um, never watched the oh, show. So I don't, I, I men, really can't. Men, okay, I'll quote. Men don't like curly hair. Men don't like red hair. Uh, you should always have a dinner date. Ridiculous, ridiculous rules. Yeah. Actually, a dinner date's a very bad idea for a blind date, I think, because why, why, first of all, make the guy pay so much and be locked in yourself for hours if you don't feel chemistry within a few minutes? I'd much rather a happy hour drink where the prices are reasonable, the lighting is good, the vibe is fun, you're in and out. Makes more sense. So why does she tell you it has to be an expensive date? Why does she tell women to straight, uh, straighten their hair? Curls are super sexy and, and like, a lot of redheads, super sexy. So I don't like this kind of, some of her advice is really good. It's not all bad. I, I don't want to totally knock her, her advice, but a lot of it is mm -hmm. it's fear and negativity. That is not helpful. So people who are regurgitating that are the people I was trying to fight against in my life. I, uh, <laughs> I like that. And I like the fire you just exhibited. That was good. Yeah, I'm from good. Canada originally, as you know, but I've lived in New York for 10 years so maybe it's, it's where it's wearing well on I, I like it <laughs> um so i know you've got uh, two big projects that are going on right now uh that people could access um people have choices right yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have some links but where should people check for what you're doing next because they're all interesting and exciting in their own right cool well andreasertash.com is where i store everything and my name go, go to on evan's your site to find the spelling but through, through that, I've, I'm posting the most recent. So two things that are coming up for me. One, um, I'm hosting a TV pilot for Fox, which is not airing nationally. It's going to particular markets. But if you have any listeners or viewers in Phoenix or M Minneapolis, sure. <laughs> I will be on Fox on your TVs on March 24th live answering love and dating and relationship questions in a new show called Love 911. It's, um, it, it's run by the guy who started the Ricky Lake show, the showrunners from Dr. Drew. It's a great production. Wow. And I'm, yeah, and I'm hosting it live. So I want people to call in that are listening to you and watching your good podcast. And um, so that's coming up. And then the other thing is, of course, Pregnantish, which, is, which truly is a labor of love. Um, where in April we're, we're doing our hard launch. And I, I just want all the millions of people who feel that they need support and good resources and great advice and actually some fun, believe it or not, we, we have a lot of comedy on the site as well. Um, the people who are egg freezing is on the rise among singles. So it's not just for couples. I, I want to stress that. 
and it's not just for heterosexuals. It's for all people affected by trying to create their families in very modern ways. Uh, come to pregnantish.com. We're all over social media as well. Awesome. I'm really, uh, you know, again, having been your first long as I have, I, I, I'm, I'm super, it's not to be patronizing. I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of uh, what, you've, what you've created and your, your ability to um, and reinvent. Uh, it's not something everybody's capable of. Sometimes people find there, there's the one thing that they do and they just beat it to death. And, and uh, every time I talk to you, you got something new going on. Well, you as well thank you and and at my former editor so funny uh it's a joy to be on your show because uh, i'll always associate you with that first year of relationship um, well I, i'm uh i'm happy for you uh at, at the these acts of creation i'm pulling for you with your own uh ability to create a family um i think that's i think that's an appropriate thing to say yeah uh, um, I'm, I'm pulling for you. Thank you. Um, and I'm really glad to have shared you with the world today for people who didn't already know who you were. Uh, I think you're doing some meaningful work. Uh, all your books, this pregnant-ish site, um, and your new TV show. I don't know. Could, could, I, could, I, could I call in? I'd love you to, but I don't know if you're going to be in Phoenix. I can't, or I can't call from outside yeah. Phoenix, or I can't see what's on TV. I I don't, I don't know. I have to find okay. out. One of the control centers is in Vegas, so I don't know how this I'm works. I'm just saying, but I, if, 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 you need, if, you need, if you need like a, you know, like a ring, who's just, you know, we don't have enough yeah, callers, yeah. I'll, I'll be that you. guy. Thank you. Yeah, they're, they're setting us, I don't know how Fox is casting people, but I, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm kind of, I'm kind of kidding, but not. <laughs> I mean, I want to support you however I can. I just, just without flying to Phoenix. Right. So, Anyway, my friend, uh, thank you for being here. I love you. I appreciate yeah, you. I will yeah. see you. Uh, I will see you around the time that this yes, airs. That would be awesome. Right? So, thank you. So that's kind of cool. And uh, I want to thank everybody here for listening uh, to today's Love You podcast. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Next week, I am posing and answering the question, are you a great girlfriend? Are you sure? <laughs> the answer may surprise you. If you enjoyed the, uh, the Love You podcast, you want to be a future guest here, Go to www.evanmarkcast.com to see the upcoming topics that we're doing and ask questions in advance. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. And best of all, come to evanmarkcats.com. Give me your name and email address, and I will give you more free dating and relationship advice than anybody on the whole internet uh, to help you understand men and find the love that you deserve. Thank you so much for being here. I will see you next week on Love and Podcast.